he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bolotified. This is episode 44, and we are the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement and actually now all things events. And today we have with us, as we always do, Alex Apostolidis. What's up, Alex? Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm a little tired, but, but in a good way. I hosted a dinner party last night, and it kind of grew at the last minute. So I think I was in the kitchen for about six hours. Oh my, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. And you know, the beginning of that six hours is always like, you're, you're going with gusto and you're getting everything together. And the end of that six hours is like, I just want to fall into a hot tub. I was tired. <laughs> David had made a comment. He goes, it seemed like you were in there forever. Aren't you tired? I'm like, ah, talk it. I cooked with love. <laughs> was so. it a special occasion? So you know Janet, who yes. has been, yes, it's her it was her birthday yesterday. Oh, very so nice. it was supposed to be kind of our little core. And then Cher had her cousins were in from out of town and their flight was leaving later. So they got to come in and they had the cute, oh god, they have the cutest little boy. And energetic ball. Oh. And he had me in stitches the entire time. So I was, it was a little more stressful only because they had to catch a plane. So I had to work a little bit faster to make sure that they could have a leisurely dinner before they had to rush off to the airport. And that's how you are. See, when you go to Alex's home, you are treated like a guest, exactly the way people should be treated when they go to a party or an event that you throw, you know, yeah. you feel like you're just being pampered and just so well taken care of so, that was a nice segue my friend and, no. And, 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 no i i truly honestly believe it even though i've never been invited to alex's for anything but it's okay it's only because she just you know she probably thinks i'm too busy so i just think good. you didn't want to come oh, but if want you to come what are you awesome, i'll invite you i will tell you though i felt a little bad because i had to put the guest of honor to work a little bit it's okay i would actually want to help I couldn't stand the thought of you in there all by yourself doing all that. So um, I'm so glad that you had that. I hope that uh, you pick up a little bit with uh, the rest of the day and the rest of the week. And uh, we're here today. We're going to have our guests join us soon. So I'm going to quickly pivot. Here we go. Pivot. To our reason for being here today is that uh, I was looking for some help in San Antonio. Long story short, I went on to my Aaliyah website page, tried to log in, couldn't get in, realized that my membership had lapsed in June. I didn't pay my dues. I didn't get an invoice. I didn't realize it had lapsed. I'd been a member for 26 years and I raised a stink because I felt that it was entirely the wrong thing to do. I'm sure it was inadvertent. I'm sure nobody meant any harm. I'm sure it was just a glitch. But for me, it showcased a problem. 
and it and it, and I couldn't let it go. So for today's show, we have uh, leaders from several organizations here to talk about membership and the value of membership uh, and perhaps what some of these organizations could, should, or are doing in the midst of what we're dealing with now. And to be completely fair, I had this issue with ILEA and I reached out and I complained in an email and said, I just felt that the process is all wrong. I did not put blame on the San Diego chapter of ILEA, which I maintain, I feel is a hard working, dedicated chapter. Uh, I think that it's a young chapter and I applaud their willingness to uh, try to work on behalf of the industry and come together. I see it as a fault of the international organization and the way that it's uh, structured, the protocols, if you will, and the fact that the local, the local uh, chapters in ILEA are tasked with invoicing and uh, renewing memberships, keeping up with the, that pace. And although memberships all renew in June, and that is a change they made, I, I think that part of the issue is that some of us older folks uh, don't think website renewal, we, we need to be prodded and prompted. And when we don't receive those prompts, we just forget about it. And part of, part of my complaint is I believe there's just too much of a reliance on the technical piece, being the prompter, the innovator, the thing that makes us sign up. Uh, and mind you, I didn't even get an email. Uh, so I was just upset. I have not renewed my membership. I was, I've been a member for 26 years. And in my letter, I also raised concerns that they weren't doing enough for us right now, especially at a time when people have lost their businesses. And I'm sure the organization is suffering too. And I, and I hope to hear a little bit about that today. Not that they're suffering, but to get a bit more understanding of what's happening on the international side, because we do have representation from ILEA. And I'm so glad because the purpose of this, uh, this podcast is not to start throwing arrows at anyone. It's to try to understand why things are set up the way they are and to see where the values really are and what maybe what can be changed to benefit the members a bit more, hopefully, if we can have some influence. Uh, I wanted to give some context before our guests come in because I felt it was important. And to Alex's credit and to D'Angelo's credit, we both of them worked very hard to ensure that we had panelists today uh, for this podcast. And so I, I would like to say thank you to both of you right now for making that happen. And uh, I would like for Alex to chime in as the employee part of this equation right now, the one who wasn't bumped off scrolls, but who was the de facto member, if you will, of ILEA 
for Bellotta? I am surprised at how this all went down. And um, I, I don't, disheartened seems like a strong word, but to me, the most important thing, especially in our in- industry, is communication. And it isn't just computer to computer, it's got to be face to face. And there has to be the human connection. So I feel like uh, I'm hoping today, I feel strongly that today will uh, give all sides, not sides, give us all a chance to open that communication and uh, come to an understanding and realization of what needs to be done, what should be done, what is happening, what isn't happening. Because it's it's, it's a great organization and something that I feel benefits us all. And we have to be able to be a part of it without having necessarily to log into our phones and go, okay, your, your membership is up. So how, how do we come together and make it mutually beneficial? Thank you for that. Thank you. I, I, and I will say that we need organizations. So we, we start with that premise that these organizations are vital. Uh, they do help professionals to network and they have a very uh, very specific uh, goals and objectives that we hope to learn a bit more about now. We have them waiting. So uh, why don't we bring them in to the conversation? All right, well, we have our panel with us. Thank you everyone for joining us. I'm gonna hand it off to Alex. Uh, Tell us who we have, please. Thank you. So today with us, we have Spencer Beasy, the president of MPI, which is the Meeting Professionals International. Spencer is also owner of Mobile Music Plus, a company that provides DJ, MC, video, and lighting services. Spencer is one of the go-to DJs around, as well as an incredible MC. Mm-hmm. Yay. Spencer. Thank you. Hey, Spencer. Thanks for being here. Uh, we also have Lydia Krasner. Um, she is the president of BESA, uh, BESA San Diego, I should say, the Bar Bot Mitzvah Event Services Association. She is also owner of Mitzvah Event Productions and Charming Expressions. And Lydia specializes in design, production, and decor and creating amazing and memorable events. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we also have with us today, Dustin Wessling. Dustin is president-elect Board of Governors of ILEA, the International Live Event Association, and owner and managing partner at One West Events, where his personal and business philosophy is built on a belief of collaboration, partnership, furthering of the industry as a whole, which I love. Hello, Dustin. Hey, Dustin. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. And last, but certainly not least, and please forgive me if I don't say your last name correctly. Please um, correct me if I'm wrong. Craig Carbonier. Is that perfect? Perfect. Yay. Not only, yeah, it was perfect. (laughs) So Craig is the VP of Marketing for Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, otherwise known as HSMAI for the San Diego chapter. He is also Senior Director of Milestone Inc., where he supports digital marketing strategies for lodging partners, travel brands, and hospitality associations. Thank you all and welcome. Happy to have you here. Yes. 
Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And and before the, the audience knows all about the issue with Ilea, before we get to that, why don't we just talk a little bit about your organizations and the breadth and scope of them? And why don't we start with you, Dustin, if you don't mind? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So um, we're talking about Ilea, right? We are. Okay, good. <clears throat> I can talk about my own business all day long. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll switch. I'll switch gears a little bit. So uh, ILEA, the International Live Events Association, um, we are a global organization. Um, most, most of our chapters are located in the US. We have a really thriving community here in Canada, which is where I'm from. I'm actually from Calgary, Alberta. And our, our organization has taken the test of time. It's been around for a long time. I think so many that listen to your podcast probably have some sort of a link to an ILEA chapter, an ILEA member, some sort of experience. Um, ILEA is the procurer of the CSEP, which is the Certified Special Events Professional designation, as well as our signature conference, ILEA Live, that takes place every summer. This year, it happened virtually. Um, we are all can't wait until we can do it again in person. Um, so much of the charm of ILEA is really getting to see people and connecting face to face. Thank you for that. Thank you. Spencer, tell us about MPI. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. What a great panel. Uh, really uh, happy to be sitting here with you all. Uh, so MPI San Diego, uh, MPI is, is a national, actually international group. Uh, before COVID, let's, let's talk those numbers because those are easier to nail down and they're way more impressive. Uh, we were about 17 and a half thousand people, uh, members around the country. Uh, and I think it was 35 chapters, I'm sorry, excuse me, I said around the country, around the world, 35 chapters around the world. Um, we focus here locally, we focus a lot on uh, member benefits. And, and just like Dustin said, face-to-face uh, -face is so crucial for, for us, you know, our, our members. Uh, you know, we recently had a, a, an in-person recently, and uh, they were just so thrilled to see each other face-to-face. -face. It was mm -hmm. obvious. And, uh, you know, we focus heavily on education. Uh, like the CSEP designation, we have a CMP, uh, Certified Meeting Planner designation nation and uh, our a lot of our members uh, take advantage of that and non-members as well it's open to, to non-members so uh, that's who we are and locally we're about 240 members right now we we fared fairly well through covid um, you know a lot of uh, our members stuck with us and you know uh, our mpi foundation really stepped up and helped some of that happen for some people that were seeing some financial hardship good that's good to hear thank you lydia tell us about uh Bessa. So BESA has been around for 19 years. It is a San Diego-based uh, organization, and we are a resource for the Jewish community with a membership comprised of established events specialists that focus on bar and bat mitzvah and Jewish events. And we have an annual expo. Uh, we have about 65 members and uh, look forward to our big expo coming up in a month. Thank you. And Craig, HSMAI. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International uh, comprised of just that uh, sales, marketing and revenue optimization professionals. Our chapters here in San Diego. However, we have chapters in 35 countries, over 5000 members. Uh, we've kind of pivoted during the pandemic. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that and how we handled it as an association. Thanks for Thank having you. me. Thank you. I don't think that I've let the audience know my affiliation with these organizations, which I, I just should do briefly now. ILEA, uh, when it was ISIS, I was a member back then, 26 years, uh, have served on the local board in positions as 
newsletter letter editor and secretary uh, for a number of years uh, before moving on, if you will. HSMAI was the past president uh, for two years uh, in the I want to say 2000 to 2002 timeframe and served on the board for a long time, uh, probably two decades or close to it. Wow. Uh, um, also for ILEA, I should say that two of my employees have been president of the local chapter and uh, going to MPI, I was a member of MPI and also had a president in my employee of MPI at one point. Uh, and BESA is new for Bellotta. We've been a member for probably five or six years. And D'Angelo, our producer, is our member of BESA and does most of the work there. And uh, I would say that the major difference between BESA and the other three is that BESA really is San Diego based. It was born here and raised here and exists here and really uh, serves the community here, whereas the other three are internationally based organizations. And we're talking to, in Dustin's case, an international board representative. And in Spencer and Craig's cases, we're talking about local board members, Spencer being the president of the local chapter and Craig being the VP of marketing of the local chapter. So just making that all real crystal, crystal clear. Uh, before you get into what you've been doing, for COVID, what is your specific audience? If you were if you were to break it down in the in the industry lingo that we have, Ilya, what is it? Is it event planners? Yeah, so it's a it's a it's a really good healthy blend of planners and suppliers, and I think for all of us are probably going to say something similar to that. But if I were to talk about who I think fits the best and has the most success here. It is somebody that is deeply engaged in their local community. And that can be a planner or a supplier. We find that that the members that we have that are the most successful are the ones that come ready to dig deep, come ready to be a part of the community. They're, you know, we are a little bit different from uh, MPI, for example, because you're here. And, you know, we have less of that sort of online resource. It's something we're working towards, but we have less of that. So a membership with ILEA really to be successful and to really get the most out of it, it requires you to show up, it requires you to attend the events, it requires you to get online. And, and I would say that, that we've got a tremendous blend of suppliers and planners. Um, we've got a, a great emerging student membership, um, future future event profs. Um, so yeah, so without putting specific numbers to that, I think it's it's a it's a little bit of both. And you know, unlike unlike Lydia, it's it's we're not in a niche in any in any way. So there's not there's not a certain type of planner that is going to find more success here over someone else. Spencer, MPI, talk to us. Yeah, it's really similar to what uh, Dustin said. Um, we locally, we're, we're, we have a great balance. We have a really good relationship and uh, we've got several staff members uh, in the HTM programs at the local colleges, uh, you know, from San Diego State and some of the others. Uh, so, so those student members are really uh, involved. Uh, there are memberships and the MPI has a, a really great uh, student rate for the first year. And then as you get further and further out, they, they sort of uh, tier that, that rate as you grow into your profession. Um, but so locally, we're, we sit 
including students, were, were almost a third each way, uh, you know, from professionals to, uh, we call them suppliers uh, in MPI, and students. Uh, if you take students out of it, we're slightly heavier weighted in, in planners, uh, but typically a lot of corporate meeting planners, uh, not as much in the social side. Um, and the, uh, just like Dustin said, suppliers, um, you know, are, are heavily heavy um, because, I mean, not, you know, they're, they're weighted at those numbers. But uh, again, it's that it's that person who's willing to dive deep and, and be present and build relationships. And that's so much of what it's about, uh, as, as you know, and, and thank you for your service and, and your membership to all of us. You know, we all appreciate that. No, thank you. I mean, one of the things that I say to anybody, especially if they're young, is get involved in an organization and volunteer and get on a committee and show people your value don't just talk about it, show them that's a great way to do it. And that's why I've had presidents because it's a great way to learn leadership abilities. So th thank you for acknowledging that. Lydia, talk to me. I mean, you know, maybe it's not so clear cut, right? Well, maybe it is. We are, well, we're a professional organization, but our reach is not out to the industry members. It's to the clientele. And so our reach would be that 35 to 55 year old parent if they're planning a bar bat mitzvah, local synagogues, uh, Jewish organizations and brides and grooms. So we can have, you know, a reach to people that are as young as 25 ish. But we started off as a bar bat mitzvah event services association and that is the bulk of our business. Uh, so many of us do a broader range of events and um, I think the reach would be out to those parents that are looking for some help because the last biggest event they planned was their own wedding and probably had help from their parents. So we are the resource for anybody who's planning a bar and bat mitzvah. Great. Um, and Craig. So let's see, uh, hospitality does cover a lot of disciplines. Primarily our uh, members are hotel on property sales and above property. Um, we also have general managers, revenue managers. Um, so anyone in that specialty, given that we are a chapter based here in San Diego, that's where a majority of uh, our members lie. Um, so uh, yeah, I think anywhere in that vicinity. Now with that said, right, just as if just as with the other organizations, we have a lot of suppliers who seek partnering with those type of um, clients. So anyone from online travel agents to, uh, to hotel technology providers, right? There's a fit for, um, for them within our organization. Um, so it, it certainly covers more closely that, uh, that group. And there has been a shift in HSMAI, which is one of the reasons why we don't, as a, an entertainment agency, maintain a presence in that particular organization because of the shift more to revenue management and uh, that uh, the framework around that and the programming uh, was a bit different when I was part of HSMAI. And there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, if I were to advocate, I would say we're going towards niche markets 
and we're going away from everybody belongs to everything and we're going to pick something that really applies, which is really why I wanted to ask that question, because I think that there are differences and you each have a value proposition in a different space. And Spencer, you said it, you know, it took you a while to get there, quite honestly, but you said we don't have many social planners. And I would say that's one of the biggest differences between ILEA and MPI is the fact that ILEA is really the place to go if you're a social planner or to BESA if you're local in San Diego. So does anybody want to speak to that? Yeah, I would say I would say that ILEA has, um, well, I mean, we're proud to have some of the most talented special event planners that are planning more, um, more, more gala, more award shows, more of that type of business. So a little bit less on the business side, as far as, you know, conferences and such go. And, and definitely we, you know, a lot of those social slash, you know, special event planners find their home with ILEA with like-minded people. And the great thing is, is that's where they meet their suppliers that service that industry. So it, it really does feed itself well. Spencer, speak to this too, please. Sorry, I got sidetracked there when Dustin said something to kind of spark that and, and, and it overlapped a little bit with what you said a second ago, Anthony, I'm sorry to, to derail, but um, it, it did mention, you know, he, Dustin mentioned the, uh, that's where you're meeting your suppliers and, and, mm -hmm. and you're really coming in and building those relationships. Um, you know, it overlapped with what you said a minute ago about, uh, and, and what we were talking about, about being involved and, and really getting in there and, and don't, uh, you know, don't walk in the first meeting and be upset because you didn't book a piece of business before you walked out the door, <laughs> which is, as we all know, you know, so it's so much, so much of what we hear. Um, you know, it's like, ah, I, I was a member for three years. Like, yeah, but you never came to a meeting. I don't right, even, right. I don't recognize you face to face, unfortunately. As far as our, our split and, and, um, and how it's evolving, um, it's, uh, it's growing, you know, the, the, how, how those members, um, are focusing what they do. You know, I, I think, uh, it's fine looking for the right words to put it into. Um, they're, they're really being specific about who your clientele is, you know, I think with technology out there and, and some of the, uh, you know, the, the association memberships are really helping them fine tune uh, the clientele that they go after. And I think that's how they gravitate towards ILEA or HSMEI or, or BESA or us. Um, so if I were, uh, if I wanted to be a wedding planner and I approached you, if I had a wedding planner and I wanted to give them the best opportunity, send them to the best organization. Would I send them to MPI or would I send them? You'd send them to WPIC. That's where you'd send them. <laughs> uh, you'd send them to the people not on the call. And in my opinion, I think that if you are, um, of course, I think any of these organizations, there's something to be learned in it. And it really depends on the goal of that person. So if you're a wedding planner and you just want to be around like-minded people, you just want to be able to download the manuals and the contracts and, and have and have that sort of relationship with your association, then you're going to want to go to a wedding specific niche association. If you are a wedding planner and you want to elevate, let's say you want to, you don't want to do what everybody else is doing and you want to start mixing and mingling with others, then you're going to choose an association that is not in that niche. And you can come to a place like ILEA, like MPI, and find that you're going to be able to talk to people on a much higher technical level. You're going to be able to talk to people that are producing bigger shows that you're going to be able to learn a ton from and set yourself out in the market. So the question is, 
What do they want? What are they trying to achieve? And they can find a place in both of these. But there's also great wedding organizations too. Absolutely. Yeah. There, we've got a couple here locally, uh, you know, California WIPA is a big one, Wedding Industry Professional Association. Uh, and then we've got uh, locally, the, the Association of Bridal Consultants chapter mm-hmm. is no longer, as, as you may know, oh. um, they uh, they do still have a national presence, I believe. But um, and then we also have Weddings of Distinction, who's a local group as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, like Dustin said, if they want to be l- around like minded people and talk wedding stories and yeah. knowledge and client and sales tactics, then that's, those are the places for them for sure. Uh, but the, there's absolutely something to learn in all of these associations. You know, again, it's how open are they, where are they at in their career and how, you know, how, what's that next step look like for them. And that's different for all of us, as we know. Mm-hmm. So Craig, how, what would you say to somebody who uh, wanted to check out HSMAI and wasn't really sure if it was for them or not? What would sure. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation. I think Dustin nailed it on the head. What are, is the goal of that particular individual? Are they looking to network within the community? Are they looking to meet with like-minded individuals, maybe someone at different stages in their career, um, be it hospitality, sales, marketing, revenue optimization? Um, so depending on the goals of that individual, I think there's a lot of different options for them. Um, We focus a lot of our attention, not only on events in which we share best practices and trends, um, but also education-focused events surrounding our industry. So the idea of booking a piece of business at one of our events uh, may not be uh, the the outcome, uh, typically, of that type of engagement. But if they are looking to learn and they're looking to network and they're looking to to kind of grow in their career um, and their specialty, I think, you know, HSMAI is the best option as with, you know, most of the others on this, on this call. And I want to get to you, Lydia, but I, I would like to point out that to that point, great point. I was in that organization and learned a hell of a lot about revenue management mm, sure. and about how hotels operate and about what's important to them, uh, their priorities and how, in turn to work with them. Mm -hmm. So there was so much that was learned being a part of that organization, for sure. Lydia, you said something about clients. Please explain. The the organization serves clients. Correct. So to be part of the organization, you're there. Your, Your membership is your... Talk to me about that. Our membership is vendors, but... For ILEA, their reach is to the community members that are vendors. Our reach is to the community itself, to the clientele directly. And this is a little bit different because you have to be recommended by a member to come in as a guest. And then you have to have 50 or 75 bar or bat mitzvahs in the core categories to be considered for membership. BESA is not a stepping stone and it's a little bit different because it's a very specific market. Mm-hmm. And unlike a wedding, that's a civil ceremony, a bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah is a religious ceremony. So there's a level of education that has to come along with that kind of a vendor. And uh, we want to make sure that everybody in the categories of DJ, planner, 
photography and caterer have all had enough bar and bat mitzvah experience to service the client and give them the best advice. So, and what Lydia is basically saying here too, is that then in those core categories, there could be a number of DJs or planners, but in the yes. outlying categories, there's only one representative. So one or maybe two. One or, one or two. Yeah, we try not to overlap too much, but you're correct, especially because almost every party has a DJ and almost every party has a photographer and a venue. Not every party has a planner. Not every party has an airbrush person or a tattoo person. Mm -hmm. And our categories are entertainment, decor, food and beverage, specialty food items, venues. We have some personal services and rabbis and other members like that. But I do agree with if you show your face at the meetings and you get to know these folks, there is so much education to be had and so many connections to be made. And just the fact that, you know, if I might see five or six hotel people and I had a client call that week, oh, you know what? I didn't even think about your property, but here you are at a meeting mm -hmm. in my face and I need to connect you with this client. Right. And so by coming to the meetings and being participatory and not just showing up once a year, it's definitely a much bigger benefit for for your business. So time is short, right? Cool. And we're all running into this. And the whole idea of technology making things easier is just not that. It's true. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm convinced that we are going to become really niche oriented. I, I really think that in order to give value and to retain it as a member, the connection has to be right. So do you disagree with me? Do you think we can still cast a really wide net in these organizations? Anthony, I think that um, I think you're very right. I think that 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 time has already come. I don't think it's coming. I think that, you know, uh, associations, um, it doesn't matter who you are, associations are working harder than ever before to find their place within these communities. Associations are seeing it's getting harder and harder to attract and keep members with so much content being available online, so much networking being available online at the click of a button and a lot cheaper than the way we can put it together. So I think it's already there. And I think that a good association chapter is looking at how do they speak to a niche audience so that you know, when you're showing up, that that is going to be for you. How are you connecting your members? And sometimes not every meeting is going to be for everybody. And it's about being able to communicate that out to you and say, this meeting is going to be great for these people and these people. And if you're not these people, come for a cocktail. If you've got the time, if you don't, this is probably not going to be yours. Yours is going to be next month or in two weeks. And, and, and that is a way that we can start to get a little bit more granular in the way we're communicating to make sure that we're not wasting anybody's time. Because at the end of the day, none of these organizations say, come join my association so you can get business. We all, we all know that's not the way this works. And I think when you're talking to young entrepreneurs, when you're talking to new people in business or somebody that just got a job, that's got some deliverables and they need to go out and get business. It seems like it's such an easy place to go and do that. That's not what associations are for. That's what traditional networking groups are for that meet every second Tuesday and have breakfast and trade business cards. That's not what any of us do. So looking for those results, you're always going to be disappointed. So with all of that being said, I think that there is a way for us to cast a wide net, but also provide niche opportunities within that net. 
That I does, love that. I, yeah. I do, I'm sorry, Anthony. I just want to say I really do love as our world gets crazier and crazier and we all of us become available on a 24-7 basis pretty much. I love your respect for not wanting to waste anybody's time. We have something for you. It's not for you right now. We're going to have something for you as well. So everybody's respected and everybody's included, but not everybody has to be present 100% of the time, which is impossible to do. So thank you for that. I agree. And I've also had people approach us wanting to be members that are outside of the net. We had a mortgage broker call and wanted to be a part of BESA. And I said, well, how does a mortgage broker fit in with entertainers and DJs? And the guy said, well, don't people have to mortgage their house to pay for a bar mitzvah? Sometimes. Yeah, I I guess so, but I don't necessarily want to promote that. So we sort of threw the line there at uh, maybe not a good fit for our organization. It's that's the wrong message. I think I think Lydia, to that point, I think what you just said is actually really important. And I think that that as associations, I think we should do a bit of a better job vetting who's coming in and not saying yes or no, but making sure that it is really clear what is on the other side of that membership spend and not, you know, and we're talking about casting a wide net. Sometimes in the marketing of our associations, we get, we get a bit vague about what you're going to get, or we make these really big promises that don't necessarily apply to the person that we're talking to right there. So when you're, you know, Anthony, when we're talking about like, talk about you and what's your elevator pitch, it's really hard because you don't want to tell a story to somebody that isn't going to fit. When you say, I am in entertainment, this is what I do, this is what I want, we need to be able to speak to them clearly and say, this is what you're going to get out of ILEA, or be able to clearly say, hey, man, this is not the organization for right. you. Go check but, out. Right. but go check these guys out. We've got a great affiliation with them. You're going to get more success out of them because in the member in the membership association world, getting members is easy. It is easy. It's very easy. We got no problem getting members. We get thousands of them every year. Keeping members is the challenge. And that, that is truly where you can tell if you're doing a good job. You, I can go out and recruit 5,000 people next year, but if I can't keep them, that's not good enough. That's not what we want. We want communities that are going to build on top of each other. That's a great segue into what have we done to keep them during COVID? And what are we doing to keep them now? Uh, anybody have any take? I'll jump in. Yeah. The, uh, so, so when COVID hit, you know, I mean, obviously we were all caught off guard and uh, our board of directors, you know, we had a, a virtual board meeting where we quickly discovered what Zoom was and, and started using that right away. And, they, you know, I've, I've got a great board of directors that serves for me and, and they, they were very adamant about let's, let's get on the phone. Let's talk to these people one-on-one. Let's see what they need. Let's see what they want. And, and then we'll come back together and we'll try to deliver that. And so we, we really quickly, um, we, we evolved into a virtual uh, meeting and our, our first, maybe we, I think we were doing every two weeks at that point. Uh, our first couple were, uh, not much content to them. It was really just like, how are you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's your world look like right now? And what can we do to help? And, uh, you know, our, our members really appreciated both the, you know, the in-person phone, um, sorry, the personal touch phone call. And then those just, those just, uh, you know, social check-ins, if you will. I think also, just if I may, uh, those initial check-ins, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, helped planners to better grasp this new technology that suddenly was thrust upon us. And so every opportunity to engage in this way was really, um, you know, something people were looking for. Um, Lydia, what did you do? We 
also got on Zoom. Our board got together and um, we decided not to charge dues because we wanted to hang on to our members as long as we could. Clearly they weren't gonna be working. What happened was, is the bar mitzvah started to get postponed. And then after a couple months, the rabbi said, oh, this isn't gonna end. So you have to have your service and do it over Zoom. And so many have done like a boxed lunch in a, in a park or something like that. But a lot of people have postponed their party and we all had to have many deep conversations about how do you postpone a party? And then the kids end up being 15 and how do you get all of your vendors on the same day a year later? And then we started learning, you know, maybe we need to educate these families. And we started working on our Mitz TV and the Mitzvah Mingle, which were learning opportunities for the members and also putting out that information to help people with a zillion questions about what do I do if I can't get my money back from the hotel? Or what if my DJ isn't available on my future date? So there were so many questions. And so we created a way to help educate everybody. And it was just brilliant. It was brilliant, I have to say. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig, HSMI, what, what, I mean, you're, you're nobody has been, uh, has been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We've all been affected. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We were hit pretty hard as an industry, right? Hospitality uh, struggled at the beginning. Um, kind of we're seeing uh, light at the end of the tunnel now, which is uh, encouraging. But just like most, right, we pivoted from traditionally a 100% in-person organization to then virtual. I think our first event was in May of 2020. And it uh, truth be told, it was one of our largest events ever attended at, at HSMAI. Mm -hmm. And that's been a theme, right? So since May of 2020, we've had um, consistently held uh, virtual events. We've yet to come back to in-person. I think we will, we're looking to do that soon. But the fact is, our members have have appreciated the accessibility of our events um, and the attendance has grown significantly. I think the last stat we looked at was some, somewhere in the range of a 35% increase when comparing 2020 attendance to 2019, which is significant. And so we've reached a new audience, we've reached new members, we've added more value to our community. Um, and I think we did it in a timely manner, uh, but that was that was one of the hallmarks of HSMAI. If I might conjecture, oh. I, I want to say it's probably a little harder for HSMAI in a case like this when a lot of their members are hotel uh, salespeople uh, or revenue managers who were laid off during COVID and didn't have mm -hmm. jobs. So that impacted your membership, I have to assume, greatly. Significantly, yeah. And I think, you know, just as everyone said, it, it was our responsibility to um, to help our community through it. So we are all affected, myself personally. So I, I think, yeah. you know, it's just a matter of, you know, coming together as a as a community more so than just our individual chapter. And I'm proud of that. So may I ask you, uh, and you don't have to give me your personal feelings on this, but 
from a business point of view? Is there anything that these organizations can do to help educate people about the necessity of vaccination so that we can get back to business? Thoughts? Yeah, I, um, well, I think, I think, yes, I think, I think to a certain degree, yes. I think that, you know, we, as organizations, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to give you the information to make a choice for yourself. So I think that as we are now watching private businesses make the decision about vaccination and what they're gonna do with events, I think it therein lays the opportunity for us to share that and collect data on those procedures. I don't know as an association, if I was a member of one and my association emailed me and was pushing for vaccines, I actually don't know that I would like that too much. And I'm vaccinated. I think everybody should go get vaccinated. But I do think that there is a place and a role we should play. And in this time, the best thing we can do is start to collect data on what is happening and sharing those stories. I know where I am in Calgary, Alberta, our stadium and our arena just announced today that you need to be double vaccinated to go in. Let's share those stories because that is how we're going to start to put, and I hate to say it like this, the peer pressure on those that have not been vaccinated because that's the only thing that's left. No more incentives, no more free beers with vaccines. None of that's going to work. Now it's going to be showing them that they're going to miss out on our members' great work. They're going to miss out on all of the opportunities in the world. If they don't get this done. I applaud that. Spencer, yeah. did you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of the same way. I, you know, I, um, I, I think here in San Diego, Dustin, obviously, uh, you know, a, a border away. Um, you know, I, I know things are different in Canada. I think here in San Diego, I, I think most of our members are vaccinated. Um, you know, it seemed to be the the sentiment and the you know just the general discussion that, that I overheard at our at our gala back in June and and some of our other. Uh, online things that we've talked. Um, so I, I think, it, like Dustin said, it's it's very much, uh, you know, helping uh, helping to educate them, um, you know, again, kind of without taking a, a position on it. Uh, we found that, you know, it, even the slightest political skew or, or element to any kind of a social media post or, or an email, even the slightest uh, little thing in there that could be interpreted as like, that's not for me or whatever right. is, is very poorly engaged, uh, you know, for social media, uh, which obviously monitor those things. Um, so we, we've learned, you know, and, and uh, with, with the varying ages of my board of directors, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we have to learn lessons repeatedly sometimes. Right. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's so we, one of, that's one excuse. Excuse me, one of the things about organizations like this, these volunteer organizations, is the lessons are repeated on yeah. an annual or <laughs> yeah, biannual it's basis. very true. Right. Yeah. Have you been bugging my boardroom? It's, you sound like me. <laughs> I say it often. Let's not relearn this lesson in three years. Um, but you know, to uh, but we have to we have to kind of relearn that and, and just you know, like they don't come to us for for a political opinion. They they come to mm -hmm. us for education and camaraderie and networking. Yeah. Uh, if, if I could just, uh, I'm sorry, ahead, if I could just add to this, because it's unique to HSMAI and the fact that, you know, what we've seen in the data is travelers, right, feel more comfortable traveling with others when vaccinated, right? So I don't know if as an association, just like the others had mentioned, right, it's appropriate for us to necessarily take a stance. However, some of the data that we share in our education does have a bit of a slant, right? Where most guests want to make sure that they're safe and, uh, and, and while staying in their hotel, they're 
Um, right. They're following a certain set of standards. Now, you know, that is coming through in the data and the sentiment. Um, and I think for that reason alone, it's just something to consider. Um, and, and I'm sure it has some impact on their decision. I just want to say what I what I'm loving that I'm hearing is that even though we may all have a personal passionate view on this, in order to ed, to get across what we want, we have to do it in a way that's educational. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Spencer, not political. Mm -hmm. So we can sway people, but it can't be from a place of judgment, but it has to be from a place of fact. And hopefully get everybody on board so that we can get back to it. So and I'm loving that I'm hearing this from everybody. I, I would imagine that educating everybody as to the protocols that have to be developed and now uh, practiced in our mutual world here is enough of, mm -hmm. uh, of an inspiration and motivation to do what we all can do to help. I, I'll, I'm going to um, ask that we divert from this for a moment because I, I want to make sure that we've spoken to a topic that uh, Dustin, you wanted to speak to, and that's uh, the split between planners and suppliers and how that's changing. Yeah, for sure. So um, I borrowed the word, the term supplier from MPI. I like to hitch my my wagon to your horse all the time, <laughs> Spencer. So, um, you know, one of the one of the things that, you know, a lot of these organizations were built with that split in mind where you say, I want so many planners for so many suppliers. I don't want too many suppliers because I don't want them going after the planners. I don't want the planners to be overwhelmed. But I, what is, what is changing is that so many of our suppliers are becoming planners, are identifying as planners, and that is really starting to change. And, you know, it's, you know, MPI, when you when you buy an MPI membership, you, you, you sign up as a planner or a supplier. And I can imagine in those boardrooms, that's getting trickier and trickier for people to figure out which end that they land on because that that is changing and supplier partners are becoming planner partners. And that is starting to blend a lot more. And I think there's going to be a lot of debate on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for the industry. Um, and I think that, that that is changing because the access to education, the access to designations is changing. I know so many people that took the digital event strategy certificate and I was shocked. I was like, what are you doing taking that? Mm -hmm. But that just goes to show that there's an appetite for education for both planners and suppliers. And they really are starting to blend. And I can see a world not too far away where, where we stop using that language and event professionals are just event professionals. I can't, I can't agree more. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter to people whether they're a vendor or supplier. And I think there's something else that's driving this that we don't have any control of, and that is the client. And when the <laughs> client goes to a vendor and says, I'd like you to plan this, I can't, I don't have a planner or whatever the case is, the vendor is likely not going to say, I can't handle that. There's not an hour world where people are hungry, especially yeah. now. So I think, Dustin, to your point, we're going to see more mm -hmm. of that mixing up mm -hmm. just because of what's happened to us. Yeah. And the la you know the lack and, of people, and that's that's okay, right? Yeah. You're going to have, and the planners on the other side of this are going to say, no, the planners do the planner work, the suppliers do the supplier right. work. But what we, what should really matter to us is that an event professional does good work and does it properly, charges accordingly, 
follows, you know, follows whatever guidelines are in front of them and does a great job. Does it matter what your title is? If somebody comes to you and says, can you plan this portion of my show? You should absolutely be able to do it. And we need to get out of this, this world of, of there's certain, certain spaces that we can't come across and everybody needing to stay in their own lane. I, I reject that as an industry. I think that we need to mix it up a lot more. So then um, the value proposition then for your audience is, is what it is you can teach them, what it is you can show them, uh, what new things, how you can inspire them. Um, that, and that's very, very specific, right? And as an organization, Dustin, I love, I, I'm going to caboose on to what uh, Alex said. Yeah, I applaud you uh, um, accommodating your audiences, but that becomes a function of the chapter that has to maintain that sort of, you know, uh, protocol, if you will, that every year they're going to make sure that all of their members are um, are accommodated. And that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just something to keep in mind that has to become part of your culture as an organization. Then each of the chapters has to adopt that. So, and that's not easy because no, um, sure you know you have all of these different organizations and the leadership changes a yeah. lot. It's not an easy proposition by yeah. any means. But yeah, and, you... and I think from from an international standpoint, you know the the thing that our local chapters do for us that we can't do for ourselves is they know their community, they know their local audience, they're in the trenches with them, they're on the loading docks with them, they're meeting clients with them, we don't know what's going on in their communities, that's not what we do. So there needs to be a balance between allowing that new president, that new board, those fresh faces to be able to bring their experience to ILEA and craft it as a part of their own, all while staying within a standard and and standardization within associations has got to be one of the biggest challenges we can do all the work we want up at the at not at the top sorry at the international level but at the end of the day that has to filter down in a way that makes sense so it's not about a local chapter not wanting to do it our way or or you know the the way they're told it's because they're passionate about their community they know what their community wants whether that's correct or incorrect or it none of that none of that matters so we have to be able to find a balance where we can put the tools in their hands to say here's a blueprint here's a roadmap to get to success now figure out where you fall within this blueprint and make sure that we're giving them the support they need to be successful within that do we get it right every time no will we get it right every time probably not are we going to continue to work really hard to make sure that that makes sense and that evolves yes and i think that 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 is what is going to be the most important thing moving forward and i think you know anthony all this a lot of this started because of the challenges you were facing and the challenges you faced with ilea were all because we were making big efforts to make our organization better we changed management companies we adopted a brand new tech database which is like of course any tech change with thousands of members is can't go well and 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 those are those are things that we are doing to make sure that our experience is the best it can be for our members. And unfortunately, it doesn't work every single time. And unfortunately, there's so many moving parts. You try and do too much. Ilea, I think, in a lot of ways, is trying to catch up. And I don't I don't mind saying that. I'm sure someone 
someone on my idea team is going to listen to this and be like, what are you saying? You're not allowed to say that. We've got some catching up to do. We've allowed technology to surpass us. We have relied too much on the feel good of community and we've got to do some catching up. The team that is here today and the team over the last, you know, I've only been on the international board for three years and all I've seen is hardworking, dedicated volunteers, mm -hmm. pulling, rolling up their sleeves, pulling up their socks saying, let's take this to the next level. Let's figure out what audiences we can serve truly and honestly. And let's start getting rid of all of this white noise, all this baggage, all these things that we did for 20 years because we did them. They don't make sense anymore. Let's get rid of them. And it's a process. It's run by volunteers and we're all passionate in what we do. It's a process and it takes time. And the crappy thing about COVID, I think, and I talked to a lot of association professionals that are going through their own transition and COVID caught us at the worst time because I feel like in 2019, so many of us were starting to figure out, okay, we've got our plan. This is where we want to go. Let's go get new management. Let's upgrade our technology so we can do all these fabulous things. And then bam, we got smacked right at the worst time when everything is transitioning. And and it's, it's, it's a bit of bad timing. It's a bit of maybe we should have already been there, to be honest. And, and here we are now looking at looking at what what the future is going to bring. And you know, we were talking about COVID and, and what everybody did, and I didn't get a chance to, to talk about it. But, you know, when we're trying to go through a transition, all of a sudden, now you're expected to change gears overnight, our community needs us, they need things from us that we can't give them. And they need they need those phone calls, they need those training, they need to figure out how to use zoom for the first time, which we're probably all zoom experts by now we're gonna we're gonna teach course but so you know I almost immediately we took we boosted our online programming I think we did 65 webinars over the first you know half of the year and the goal was to take that pressure off of the local chapters so they could breathe so that they can go and make those touch points and they can make those phone calls and not worry about what 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 programming needs to go um we aim to deal with the live events coalition to help us fill the gap for the much needed voice on behalf of the industry we share data with them we share marketing resources with them and most importantly i think for us and something that if you're not a leader on our board you don't know we started a leadership resiliency fund and we cut the rates for all of our leaders in half across the entire organization we knew we couldn't do it for everybody but we knew that keeping our leaders helping them out in this tough time will only go back to serve our communities better a little bit of a rant on you <laughs> no 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 i appreciate all of that and i i do i appreciate all the things that they've done and i appreciate you coming to the table with a reason why I fell off the scrolls and uh, a little bit of, uh, I have a little bit more understanding as to how that happened. However, it doesn't make me any happier you know what, Anthony, that it happened. There is nothing, there is nothing that kicks you in the gut more than a member of 26 years feeling that way to a volunteer of this organization for the last 12, my entire working career. And, and to know that that was your experience and maybe the last experience you have with Ilea, there is nothing worse because I promise you the organization on the other side of those missed emails and those miscommunications does not represent the way that you were treated and the way you feel it. It absolutely doesn't. I appreciate that. Thank you. I really do. Thank you so much. Mea culpa. I mean, I, we are, we're all good. And I, I appreciate that. Um, I know that it is nobody's intention, but, um, I do, I, I, I do think that when we have these national organizations, there probably needs to be a little bit more oversight. And I would say that the young people that come in want more 
direction and probably need it more because those of us who uh, roll off of a board don't always do a great job of making sure that the incoming leaders know what they're doing. It's nobody's fault, but it's sort of an issue that we all face and something that could be fixable with a little bit of um, attention and planning. And I, I wonder, Lydia has a smaller, a smaller piece to look after, but I wonder how you might do that. We haven't had a change in command for a long time. Cheryl was president from the very beginning of the organization and I took over about 12 years ago. And having been a member since the very first day really helped because I was a, I was a board member before I was president and that makes a difference. And you know we deal with a lot of personalities, but I have to say that Bess is a family. I love walking into an event when there might be 15 or 20 vendors that are all BESA members and we're all on the same team. And that's what we always preach is if somebody's late and we all need to jump in and help when that vendor gets there and has to get set up in a hurry, even though it's not part of your job or my job, we're all a family. We all work together because our goal should always be the same. We have to have that client have the best day ever. And if we can work together as a team and make that happen, then that's what it's all about. But you said something there that maybe we can we can learn from, and that's the idea that you and um, Cheryl have been part of this organization since the beginning. So uh, you're not really handing it down or handing it off. You, your, your presence is maintained there. And all of, all of these organizations have that talent. They have people like me, older than me even, thank God, that have the expertise and the stewardship. And so it becomes about retaining those people. And, and I would say that's maybe where more focus could be. A lot of the focus is on getting members and um, helping member new members, uh, young members, but there isn't really a place for those of us who are old and um, need a little bit more in-depth information can go to my thinking. And I would say that MPIs may be the closest to that for somebody who's not in the hotel industry. Because mm -hmm. I, I know you're gonna disagree with me, Craig, but HSMAI used to be more hospitality focused than it is today. It is definitely more hotel focused. Um, not that parties aren't a part of it and events aren't a part of it, but um, so I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that's the best place for an entrepreneur, uh, uh, somebody who's been in the business for a long time would go and maybe learn new things. Anybody want to speak to that? I think, I think Anthony, I think in the, the, the life cycle of a membership, I think what happens is when you're, when you're new to an organization, you're going to, you're going to absorb the most, you're going to ask for the most, you're going to show up to the most. And, and as you've been there, and I find that I mean, I'm a member of a chapter here as well. And I find that I show up a little bit less than I used to. I find that I don't ask for things that I want. I find that I'm just like, oh, you know, I've been a member for so long now. I'm really just here to support 
And I'm not speaking up and saying as an entrepreneur and as a business owner of a medium sized business, these are the things that I need. And I think that that actually hurts us a little bit because we're not creating a really clear communication stream to our more senior members and saying, you know, Hey, what's going on in your world? What education do you need? And you're right, Anthony, we do focus a lot on new members and we focus a lot on young, uh, not, not younger, but, um, but newer in the industry. I have an idea. Let's Maybe that's not it. Maybe it's about reaching out to those people for guidance as uh, not necessarily having to sit on a board, but maybe on a advisory, advisory committee. committee and yeah. helping the young board. Uh, I think that's a way to keep people engaged. Maybe yeah, I, I agree with you. So we've had a little bit of success with that at MPI San Diego. We have our past president's council um, and, you know, uh, through COVID, it fluctuated a little bit, but we had, you know, maybe a dozen, maybe a, a few more than that uh, past presidents that were still members. And, you know, when I stepped into office uh, almost a year and a half ago, we uh, first one of the first things I did was pick up the phone and, and call and some of them, you know, to their credit, they reached out to me first. Uh, they, they beat me to that call. But uh, but I picked up the phone and just number one, introduce myself to the ones that I didn't already know. Um, and then we did just that. We said, hey, you know, that that past president's council, uh, we loved having you around. We realized we haven't engaged you probably as much as we could have, uh, but we'd like to change that. We'd like to get, you know, we'd like to get you all on a Zoom call next month. And we did that. And, you know, and I kind of made it a point of just giving them a couple of small things that, you know, like here are like two things that we could really use your help with, uh, you know, ideas about this and maybe, you know, a couple of for that. Uh, and then just, just come to meetings, you know, and it, I think you mentioned it, Anthony, uh, you, you said it really well in that as we transition through our career and Dustin mentioned, you know, the, the, those younger in the industry, not younger age-wise, but younger in the industry, uh, they do, there's so much more for them to learn. You know, there's a million things for them to learn as opposed to, you know, a veteran who's been in the industry longer. And I, th I think they, I hope, <laughs> I think, and I, I hope, I guess, a, a little bit if I'm saying it right. Um, I think as they transition through some of our organizations, they find that success and they're busier. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I look at that and I, I see some of these people and I know they're working a ton, you know, in a normal, in a normal circumstance with our industry. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that they can't, that we don't see them face to face as much. Uh, because they're busy and because they can't squeeze it in this month or, or you know, whatever right. time frame it is. Right. We get busy, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know we have to wrap. So I'm going to give uh, Craig, please. I want to give you an opportunity to speak before we wrap. Uh, final thoughts. I was just going to add to that comment. So, you know, we've been very fortunate. Uh, a majority of our board um, has served our chapter for quite some time now in different capacities, whether it's been past president or programming, education, marketing, um, to help really guide us. So I've been with the board for two and a half years, I believe, um, but been a member of HSMAI locally for close to 10 years. So with that type of, I guess, um, passion for the organization, right? It really steers us in the direction we go. In addition, right? What I will say is I'm, and I'm particularly proud is, is we focus on, you know, the three pillars. So sales, marketing, revenue optimization, and a lot of our programming you'll find, you know, it falls within those categories. Now to your point, Anthony, it, it, 
in the past, maybe it's more deeply focused on one of those pillars, but I think it's in our best interest to really balance that, gain feedback from our members, um, continue to fine tune programming, um, and ultimately provide an education um, that everyone could be proud of. So by no means, uh, just as, as others had commented here, you know, we're not a perfect association, um, but as volunteers, we certainly are uh, striving towards that. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally proud of it. And what is your web address? So hsmaisd.org. Um, uh, I manage it personally, so uh, please <laughs> so make if, sure if, it's right. If right you now, do have any, <laughs> yeah, so if you do have any um, any uh, questions, comments, feedback, uh, I I look forward to it. And thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Lydia. Final word. I just wanted to say that one of the things that we do in Bessa to encourage our younger members is we invite all of our retired members to an event at least once a year. We have a social event. And I think that that's a wonderful match to bring in some of these people who have been in the business for longer longer than me. And it's just so wonderful that, you know, they were around 30, 40 years ago when the technology wasn't there, mm -hmm. but they have, they have so much wisdom to share with the younger folks. And I feel like that's always been um, something that we do that's very successful. Thank you for that. And nobody's been in the business longer than you. Do you want to? <laughs> you, <laughs> you, want to you and me both. <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell everyone your web address? Yes, www.bessasandiego.com. And my personal uh, business is mitzvahevent.com. Mitzvahevent.com. It's a mitzvah having you here. Thank you. Spencer, final word. Uh, well, first, just thank you again for having all of us here. I, I really appreciate it. It's quite an honor. Uh, you and I have known each other for a long time, and uh, you know, I respect your opinions, and, and I love to see these podcasts. Um, you know, we're uh, like Craig said, we're really proud of the work that we're doing. Uh, you know, we're trying to, um, we're not trying to be all things to all members, but we're trying to deliver things that uh, different members can take advantage of and find uh, value in. And you know. The, it's uh, it's volunteer run and uh, like I said before, I'm incredibly proud of those volunteers. That uh, I, I said it at our gala, they did the work. I I just stood in the front. <laughs> That's all I do. You know, uh, it's any good of to our, be king. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, they, they worked incredibly hard and, and the work shows, you know, and, and we're incredibly proud of that work. Um, you know, the members seem to, uh, to appreciate what they're doing and, and following us and I uh, can't wait till we can all, uh, you know, get together for our big events, you know, down here in San Diego and Dustin, you'll have to come down and see us. Uh, we, we do a big event down here where all the associations attend. Uh, it's a, we just missed it in August, but hopefully we'll get back to it. Yeah. Sounds awesome. And mpisandiego.com? Uh, mpisd.org. .org, mpisd.org. Yeah. And Dustin? So I think that the biggest thing to take away is associations matter to our community in a big way. And I think that they've been around for so long and doing such a great job for so long that, that so many people don't actually know what it's like without them. We don't actually know. I know I personally don't. I started my business and, and became a member of an association right away. And what I will tell you is I work in communities that don't have established associations and they work differently. 
the attitude is different about the work, the professionalism is lacking. And, and that is why we need to protect associations and make sure that they are here to stay. We need to be a bit forgiving on them. They are volunteers. They are putting forth their best. And we need to continue to support them because it really does matter. I think that you need to decide for yourself what association is best. And that is going to take some work. You need to put in a little bit of work. If for you, what's important is face-to-face. -face. If for you, what's important is showing up to a meeting, being able to break bread with somebody, being able to have a glass of wine with them, then you better connect with that local chapter. And you better make sure that that local chapter is going to work for you. Who cares whether it's MPI or NACE or, or ILEA or HSMAI? Like, just make sure that you connect with the people. If what you're looking for is more online, and it's more of an online platform, certifications, online training, then go check out their international sites. Don't worry so much about what's going on in the local chapter, whether that programming means anything to you, because all of our organizations have so many different levels to them and so many different layers. So make sure that you check them out. Be a member of an association. Make sure it's the right one. Try them out. If they don't work for you, that's okay. And speak up. When you need something, speak up. Anthony had no problem speaking up. Let no, me tell you. No <laughs> and that, that is what started this conversation. And that, and that is good. And that is important. And we have to hold associations to task. Those are your hard-earned dollars. We take them seriously. And, and I, I think this was really great. And I'm, I'm super honored to hang out with all of you tonight and meet some new faces. And thanks so much for having me, Anthony. Thank you so much, Dustin. Thank you. Um, well said. Well said on everybody's behalf as well, and I thank you all for joining us. I concur. Associations are important, and they are helpful, not just for indirect sales opportunities, because that's how it normally comes from around the back door, from somebody who knows you, from somebody who knows you from that association or somebody you worked with. Keep that in mind that the we are a community and the associations are the best way to get to know your community. And because what we do, even on the corporate side is so personal, even on the corporate side, I will tell you, because people work with people they like and they trust. This is a chance to build a community. So whether it's ILEA, ILEA.org. It is ILEAHub.com iliahub.com or it's mpimpisd.org or it's bessa san diego bessa san diego.org or it is bessa san diego.com.com oi that was for you too <laughs> or it's hsmaisd.org uh any of them uh, look to them ask them questions make sure they fit for you and join and become part of the community. Thank you all. I, so there was a question I wanted to get to, we didn't get to because time always runs out, but I realized that I didn't even need to ask it. And that was what inspired you to take on the leadership of your organization in addition to your, your personal businesses. I have seen such passion and desire amongst all of you. And I'm so grateful for what you bring to the table individually and collectively to help our industry and not even just our industry, but our individual communities come together and be associated and be of help and service to one another. So I don't know how you do it all and maintain a balance, but God bless you all. And I really sit in admiration of you all know, of you. Thank you for that, because thank I we did not make thank a good. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time and being volunteers yourself. Thank you.
Good. All right, so I want to uh, start right off the bat by saying that uh, Dustin Musling changed my mind about Ilya, mm -hmm. and um, he's right. I think we can all be a little forgiving, and community is important, and the associations are important. And like I said, coming in, this was not about bashing. This was uh, a hope to understand, and there we have it. We have some mm -hmm. understanding. So we're in a good place. I hope for you, the listener, this was helpful in determining where perhaps you might put your efforts because what they all said was very true that you can't just join an organization. You have to be present and you have to volunteer and you have to put yourself out there. And it's the best way if you're afraid, if you're nervous, if that's what's holding you back, I'll tell you right now, that's the least of your worries because the people will uh, embrace you and uh, guide you and be so, so appreciative that you've taken some initiative and decided to chip in. And that's all it really takes is just a little bit of initiative, just a little bit of gumption. And then before you know it, you're the president of the organization, <laughs> something you never thought you would do, but you then learn leadership and you have an opportunity to um, try your leadership style, develop one, uh, do things that you might not necessarily do uh, in your own office, uh, lead uh, the board in decisions. It's empowering and it's a great way to learn about people and step up your game a bit. I love that. So join. I just think it was great today. We we got everything and more than we wanted out of this. And, you know, you had the foresight to speak up. A conversation was start, you know, started. We had a dialogue. We learned, but more importantly, there is a much greater mutual understanding of one another and what our needs are. And I don't think you can ask for more than that. Thank you. I don't either. And listen, by the way, if you have any questions still and you are interested in joining an organization, you can write your question. Just go to balada.com and look for our podcast page and just write your question there. Ask us. Let, let us in on, on what's going on and we'll be happy to guide you. I'll tell you, I have some very specific uh, thoughts about where people should go based on what it is they want and what it is their uh, goals are. Uh, so please feel free to use that avenue to reach out to us and ask us questions about what we think. We're happy to tell you, as you know. If you love hearing us, uh, please continue to, and please tell your friends, we need friends. I don't have any friends. So we need some oh. friends, right? And please give us five stars if you're listening to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, that's it for us today. Uh, this is a school week, so we'll cut it short. And uh, any last words from you, Miss Alex? I am just going to say that we have a lot of food for thought here. And um, you said it. There is room for understanding with everybody and we need to do our best to have a communication and to not be defensive and i think everybody in our panel was great and i just really want to say i really have admiration and respect for dustin and how he was able to articulate 
what needed to be articulated. Mm-hmm. That's right, Alex. Thank you so much. And thank you to our guests, Lydia, Dustin, Craig, and Spencer for joining us for this great, enlightening conversation. Make it a great day. Say goodbye. 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 Goodbye.